Here we go. And we're back. Uh, I know it's been a long time since I wrapped it, you guys, as Jim Ankara used to say. But, uh, shit has been going down, as you know. Uh, and honestly, the main reason I didn't have it really been uh, streaming is because I didn't want to say anything that everyone else was saying or that was misinformation or that was speculation. I didn't want to add noise because it seemed like there was a shit ton of noise. Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about how this quarantine was slowly being un unraveling as people realized that no help was coming and that the nothing was undergirding anything anymore, that we really are, uh, <laughs> uh, that we're really, they're on our own, that, that there's nobody coming. And how that situation was due, was sustained due to the fact that we were all apart. We were all segregated by employment and race and and, uh, and quarantine, and didn't and no one knew what to do, and no one knew what to rally around. And in that moment, as I mean, the reason that the quarantines are we're already talking about being wrapped up even before this. I think Cuomo last, a week ago, was announcing that they were going to start unraveling the quarantine in early June here in New York without, you know, any compensation for all the, the loss of life or uh, income or the failure of, to the, fa the complete failure to, to do anything about this. So people already wanted out. And... In and were coming to the realization that they were going to be coming out and that all of that time indoors had been for nothing. All it was was a time for you to wait around and lose your job and have nothing uh, nothing done for anybody and for 100,000 people to die without anyone really even noticing or saying anything about it. And so in that fucking video of that pig just sitting on a guy's fucking neck for eight minutes and staring into the camera... I mean, I understand why they thought they could get away with that, you know? Like, a lot of people, QAnon types and shit, are obsessed with the idea that there was some sort of false flag, that the guy's the Ben Bailey from Cash Cab or something, because it seems so, it is so outrageous, even compared to other police shooting videos, because of the, of the, the cold-bloodedness of it, the complete, uh, the complete lack of any humanity in it. The, and not even emotion, just in passive almost bored look on the fucking guy's face. And that's why people assume, a lot of people assume this had to be some sort of scam, this had to be some sort of provocation, but I mean, look at where we were. Look at what we've been putting up until that point. Hell, you know, like I said, a U.S. Senator telling people who are out of a job, which is what, 40% of the population at this point almost, that hey, fucking people in hell need ice water too, motherfucker, good luck. And That impassive look, that just willingness to be filmed murdering someone, it comes from the same realization that's filtered throughout every level of control of the society that, like, we're broken. We're broken people, and there's really nothing we're going to do about it. And maybe two months into the, maybe two months into the quarantine that would have been true, but uh, 
we got to a point where people got to a point where it just it wasn't it wasn't going to do it anymore. They weren't going to be able to put up with it anymore because that sweet suspension that most Americans, even poor ones, are in in America, where you have this massive police apparatus designed to keep people cowed, but you also have some thin layer of of um, of material and creature comforts, and also the thin uh, uh, hope that you could potentially improve your situation uh, through striving or whatever the fuck. All of that is gone. All that's left. All uh, that that the 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 the, uh, the carrot. Coronavirus destroyed the carrot, and all that was left is the stick, and this and right in your face. Uh, and the thing about that is, is that the stick loses a lot of its coercive power if people don't think that there's anything to lose. And that's where we are now. And so people, people fucking did something. And I think one of the big reasons that it's that the protests spread so quickly outside of Minneapolis after that first night of of uh, of fighting was seeing that you could do a thing like burn a fucking police station that you could actually do it something that had never really been done before and so now people are doing it all over the country and the question a lot of people are and and, and you've seen at least i've certainly seen this paralysis this this everyone was in, in stasis and now everything is moving we talked about how that that's how it works. You get you get into a fixed position, something intercedes, it breaks open the consensus, and now things are fluid again, uh, in a different way. And like we were in a bubble. We were in this quarantine bubble that popped. And it was gonna pop at some point, and this is what was gonna pop it. Uh, and this is what popped it. Now what's gonna happen next is the real question, and no one knows. And I feel like one of the big reasons that some the, the, uh, I'm trying to make some, I'm trying to be clear here. It's very difficult because obviously this is a fluid and, and, and dynamic and and incredibly dramatic historic situation. But I don't want to get on my hobby horse. Uh, about the internet, but like looking at people trying to make sense of this thing online really reminds you that you can't make sense of anything online. It's not designed to do that, and it can't do that. Uh, because, so, you have the protests, and of course, along with those, you have burning of buildings and cars and, and looting, and, and immediately that becomes a moral question that people have to adjudicate or feel that they must adjudicate because that's how we've been trained to understand politics as observing situations and then forming opinions about them and so the question becomes uh, who's doing this looting is it is it uh anarchists is it anti-fa is it the cops is it agence provocateur uh is it regular people who are frustrated is it good or bad uh because if it's good then we should help or, or then maybe we should be involved if it's bad, then we should shun it. But that isn't a relevant question. Uh, I would say the answer to the question of who's doing it, all those different options, yes. I mean, we've already seen video of cops smashing windows themselves and smash cops piling up bricks. Cops clearly think that 
allowing things to get burned, allowing things to get smashed. Last night in uh, Manhattan, uh, Soho in the mid Midtown got smashed up and all those awful stores got looted with cops blocks away in giant pile, giant groups. Clearly, uh, that's because they wanted it to happen. Because they think that if these protests are, are uh, destructive enough, that America's middle-class propriety will overwhelm any sense of um, any sense of injustice, any any sense of anger at the failure of the status quo to provide for anybody, and not even prevent them from joining because they probably weren't going to join anyway. Most people aren't going to join. Rather, they're going to look the other way or even uh, uh, be okay when the live ammo comes out or the the mass uh, arrests start, as in like filling stadiums and, and shit with people. Uh, like that's clearly the 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 hope of the police, and what sustains that hope is the fact that so many people want more than anything to be right before they do anything, because the internet provides us with a fantasy that we can know what the right thing to do is in any situation, that we can have enough information about the dynamics of a fluid situation like a nationwide spontaneous outburst of protest that we can determine, oh, uh, these people are doing it for X, it can only result in this, therefore I should either involve myself or sit it out, which is why you see a lot of people on the first night saying, this is the revolution, this is happening, we will take over. Obviously, that's delusional, but they need to tell themselves that this is it to motivate them to do it. Now, on the other hand, you have the people saying, oh, what are you doing? Uh, don't you know corporations actually love uh, uh, riots? They think it's cool. Who gives a shit what they think? It's branding. It's PR. They're not involved. Unless you think Target has, like, shooters out there doing their own uh, looting. It's just ass-covering. Because at this point, it is just uh, a series of protests that don't have any connected uh, demands or organization. As because we don't have a left in this country. We don't have a movement opposed to capitalism at any level. All we have are discrete people who, in, who whose alienation they process in discrete ways. And it's and so black people, because they are a separate group within America and are treated as such and live as such, have a more acute understanding of that alienation that will lead them to take sta take a stand collectively in a way that is much harder for any other groups to pull off. But that's that doesn't mean that whatever this is can't become something more than it is. And the thing that's going to make that happen is people have to fucking just make the choice to accept that they can't know, that you can't know where anything is going to lead. You want to be able to say to yourself by doing enough post-reading, okay, this is all adventurism, there's no politics to this, I'll stay home then. Okay, congratulations. Enough people do that, then you've ensured that that's what's going to happen. Because, and, but especially for white people, there is this, this, uh, this crisis of what is my place in this? What is my place in this contest? Do I, I, I don't want to crowd out black voices or whatever the hell. And that's why you have this cockamamie blackout thing today. Um, but one of the reasons that people that there is that divide and that uh, that this this um, 
protests happened along racial lines before they happened along any more abstract class line uh, is because of the segregation of American life. And the only way to change that is through action. The only way to build the connections, the word that gets thrown around, around a lot here, solidarity to create organs of deliberation, decision-making, and uh, coordination that are going to be necessary to push back against whatever is coming next. That's going to be built in the streets. It's going to be built in the process of doing things. It might not be, but if it, it but it can be, and it's only will there. So I think more than anything, people need to give up any idea that they can outsmart this thing, that they can figure it out, that they can have a take on it that is all-encompassing. And so that only leaves your your need, your moral, and, and just for your own personal preservation, because what we're staring down right now is a, is a complete collapse of any uh, social order other than pure coercion. The, 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 the Terminator face be revealing itself completely, and the only thing being left, the, the, the carrot completely going away for everybody. So that, it, so, so that your thought as, as someone who is more uh, removed and, and, and protected from the worst deprivations of this collapse uh, than people in the streets, that's not going to last. The profits are still going away. They're still eating the seed corn. They're still selling the fucking popper, copper wiring and stripping the pipes. It's only going to get worse. But the budgets for cops are only going to get bigger because it's the only public service that they need. Until, of course, they could privatize that completely. But for now, that's not on the table. And if we're going to, def if we're going to stop them from doing this, essentially, uh, the only way to do that is to build collaborative organizational power against it, which does not exist and cannot be built by the Internet, cannot be built by posting, cannot be built by hashtagging, cannot be built by uh, Instagram posts. It can only be built by experience. It can only be built by reacting to things as they happen. Because right now, guys, more than anything, I'm fucking scared. I'm scared for what they're going to do because they 100% think that if enough windows get smashed, then they can fucking roll tanks in the streets and people, by and large, will allow it to happen. And the only way that's not going to happen... The only way that's not going to happen is if we don't let it happen. And of course, that doesn't mean anything now. And it can't mean anything now because we're not in this situation. We're not responding. But every day that people stay out there, it's another day 
The power can be built. I'm not going to say I think there's going to be enough. I really don't. But that doesn't change the math at all. Because winning and being right are, are, or being right in some abstract uh, analytical sense mean nothing. Acting means something. Because only through action can we find purpose. And more importantly, only through action can we find effective uh, counteraction. Effective attempts to stop them from doing what they want to do. And you're already seeing that. You're already seeing the possibilities that emerge in these situations. And uh, the thing that they need is bodies. The thing they need is people. Because at some point, if there's enough people, you find out that maybe that negotiating position uh, that seemed completely impassable is not quite as uh, fixed as it seemed. Because it all, because it depended on an assumed passivity among the population that is, that can be disrupted. And change, change the, 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 change the power dynamic, change the degree of, uh, of leverage. I mean, obviously, the next step, the step that would genuinely help prevent the kind of crackdown and reassertion of, like, a new order of pure coercive, uh, 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 urban, uh, uh, essentially open-air surveillance and, uh, and uh, coercion uh, would be uh, some sort of labor disruption. As in, obviously, strikes, but also the disruption of the ability to continue functioning this, for the economy to function. Now, of course, it's hard to get any more specific than that. One, because things are still happening. These, the, these formations are still in the process of being formed. But, but you can see them being formed. They fucking took over a, 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 a hotel in Minneapolis, and they turned it into a homeless shelter. And yes, of course, with the, with, with the uh, owners allowing them to do it. Uh, but that still speaks to a degree of coordination outside of uh, official channels that looked impossible just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that makes you wonder what could be possible a couple of weeks from now. But it's hard to say anything more specifically. One, as I said, because it's still fluid. But two, because there's going to be uh, a hell of a comeback uh, crackdown coming. And the fact that so many people have their entire lives online and have their entire political views online and their entire political actions online is going to be helpful to them in that respect. Uh, so I don't advocate anything specific, uh, 
because every situation is different. Every protest is different. The composition of every group of people who is, are in a given situation is different. The response of the police officers is not always identical. <clears throat> the response of uh, bystanders and, and uh, <clears throat> the unengaged is different. What I do know is that the only way to prevent this from just being another, another milestone on the road towards uh, of uh, collapse, not of the states uh, or the state's ability to to control life, uh, but rather our ability to live in any way with any dignity, with 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 any control of our own existence. The only way to stop that that from happening is to prevent them from putting a cap on it the way that they want to. And that means, first, foremost, and only right now, on at this point, uh, being out there if you can, and supporting if you can, in any way, you th in in the way that you can. And the internet is good to the degree that it helps you coordinate actions and tell you where to go and what and what people need. But it sure as shit is not going to tell you what's happening. It's not going to tell you who the good guys and the bad guys are. It's not going to tell you the morality of anything. It's not going to tell you uh, what what tactics are going to be the most effective or revolutionary and which ones are actually, uh, you know, those are really neoliberal. No one knows. So I would say to anyone, and this includes me, that As scary as it is, it's also very exciting and, you know, a new world is being born, but just what kind is, is what kind of world it is, is one that, uh, that nobody knows. And I mean, the trajectory has been pretty bad, so it, it makes sense to assume it's going to just get worse. But if you don't want it to be, you at least have to know to be able to tell yourself and to tell your loved ones uh, that you that you tried. And uh, someone, uh, someone on Twitter the other day said, uh, "said How does it fit with the grill pill?" And it's it really does. It really does uh, echo the idea that you got to go out. I mean, you got to do something near you. And if you're anywhere near a protest, that's a thing near you. That's a fucking thing near you. Now, the problem is, is that this is basically an urban movement, as you would imagine. And, uh... Because of the way that uh, that cities have been racially segregated and, and the way capital has been shifted throughout urban areas, that yeah, you have these these uh, city centers that are now surrounded by um, by reactionary suburbs, uh, which is a reversion of the dynamic that persisted in say uh, France, where which is France is essentially the country where the model of the the revolutionary uh, spontaneous riot that becomes a, a uh, that coalesces into an actual revolutionary movement 
was essentially born. And then the reverse was true there. The middle of the city is where all the swells lived and the suburbs were all, where all the workers lived, the red belts around Paris. Uh, and that's been reversed in the United States. But the thing that also has happened is that those same urban centers, because of, uh, specifically because of gentrification, are also the places where all, the, all of rich people's money is stuck in real estate. So there is still a vulnerability there. There still is, there's a lot of money in these cities. There's a lot of, uh, of investment. Uh, and that is a point of leverage that can be exploited. Once again, I don't know how. I have no idea. I just know that, that they're going to, that, that the option of just, the, the option of, that happened after 1968, which is essentially just a strategic retreat for, of, of uh, state resources and, and white populations from cities, and then just uh, malign neglect coupled with uh, a massive you know, uh, police investment. That's harder now. Uh, I mean, my God, how much... Half of in Manhattan in the eighties, half of half of the buildings in in like south of Houston were fucking uh, uh, empty. They were they were squatting squatters warehouses. There was very little actual money on the table in those places. Now, I mean, all those buildings that got smashed up uh, in Soho, those things are all filled with empty apartments that all have billions of dollars uh, sunk in them from the global elite to to to, to park their money. So that's a significant difference. And that means that it's going to be much harder uh, for, uh, for them to just do a strategic retreat, uh, which would require a retaking and a reestablishment of uh, law and order. But so far, that has not happened. But like, yeah, like the cops just let all that ha looting happen yesterday because they want to terrify all the Upper West and North Side people who run the town, the people who really have the money and the people who really uh, call the shots, not fucking Bill de Blasio and the, Wall and the Wall Street people. They want them to sign off, even if they might have urban liberal sensibilities, on an untrammeled response. But that's only possible if, if the people who are uh, under that threat are, are a small enough group and if they're, if they're alone enough, if they don't have enough support. But yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that everybody's got a responsibility to... to to do what they can, because this is what we got. The same way that the Bernie campaign was was what was happening and was the shot and was was the process was the was the movement. Uh, this is that, and it might not it might not be uh, organized enough for some, it, and it, it might not have enough concrete goals. And I do think those are things that are wildly necessary, but like I said. Uh, they're not going to be built by scolding them. It's going to be built by, uh, by cooperation and by participation.
with enough people. I will say though that um that I am surprised by how uh, resistant people are to being cowed by the by the moralizing that usually accompanies any kind of property damage, uh, and that is provoked intentionally by the police for that reason, because there's less to lose, and because we've seen our institutions completely fail us at every fucking level. So what the hell? I mean, a, a, a bank, a, a, an intact bank window. Uh, uh, speaks to a, 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 a sense that you have a, you know, you have a, a, a functioning order, right? And that, that it's one that you can participate in. Uh, but if that order doesn't, if that order ceases to hold any real imaginative, imaginative power of If it ceases to stand for anything good, if it ceases to, if it ceases, like everything in the country right now, ceases to provide, then what do you give a shit if it gets broken? What do you give a shit? And I think that's what people are kind of realizing is that the horror they might have once had for this stuff is dissolving in the fact, in the face of the system's complete callousness and incompetence the overwhelming callousness and incompetence that speaks that is uh, is now felt more and more keenly by more people than any time in in my life that's for sure yeah, we're not a And people see that it's the cops, really, more than anything. Because for every video of some smashed windows, there's a video of a cop pointing a fucking bazooka at someone's face or uh, taking someone's eyeball out with a, a point-blank shot from a, a rubber bullet. Everywhere. Because it sure is shit hard to talk about bad apples when every police force, every metropolitan major police force in this country is, is simultaneously rioting. But I don't have a lot of illusions that what's ever going to come out of this is going to be some sort of permanent change. I think the best hope is that it builds, like I said, structures that can move forward from here. Uh, like people love to compare shit to revolutions of the past. People love to compare shit to revolutions of the past. Uh, and in fact, you've got entire political tendencies that are essentially revolve around recreating uh, the 1917 October Revolution. Uh, but I would say that the thing right now that, that this historically reminds me the most of is 1905 in Russia. Uh, because the Russian Revolution of 1905 caught everyone by surprise, including every reform movement, every socialist party, every radical None of them were involved in the leadership of them. None of them had anything to do with the planning because there basically was no planning. Uh, but 
over time, systems emerged. The, the concept of the Soviet was born in 1905 in St. Petersburg. And, uh, and, and that's what this feels like. Now, that doesn't mean that a 1917 is inevitable. Um, but it certainly means that the structures that emerged from 1905 could emerge here. Because you had a government in, in Tsarist Russia that was that lost all legitimacy due to its incompetence. Lost its ability to project itself as a provider of security uh, or safety, uh, uh, bread, anything. Uh, got their asses kicked in, in Japan. Uh, and, and I can't think of a, um, uh, a time that more reflects this current moment. Just in terms of the, the general dawning sense that this government and this system is at base function incapable of doing what it is supposed to do. At least what we all are told it's supposed to do, and we all convince ourselves is what is actually supposed to be done. It's supposed to be doing. So I don't have any kind of real hope uh, that this is going to be the revolution, whatever that even would mean. But if there is going to be any coherent and effective uh, counter-mobilization against this slide towards bare-faced techno-authoritarianism. It's going to come out of this. Because, you know, if you want to compare it to 1905, uh, and then assume 1917, whatever that moment happens, is going to come a lot faster than, uh, than 15 years later. Um... That was also on the knife edge and very well could have led to a complete reactionary uh, uh, takeover. And so that's still certainly in the cards. But, and I think this is important, uh, there's nothing about the protests themselves in any sense that is going to make it inevitable. What's going to make it inevitable is the declining rate of profit and the collapse of uh, of civic institutions. The sniffing, by the way, is not because I'm on cocaine. I have allergies, thank you very much, and it's a little damp today, and that tends to make them worse. Ragweed. Maybe that's what Zizek, maybe Zizek's allergic too. And as scary as these cops are, I mean, they also are just fat suburbanites at the end of the day. I mean, there's only so much work they really want to do. You know, I mean, they, they don't have dreams of, 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 of continent-spanning dominion. They have dreams of, uh, you know, adding another level to their deck or something. And that's the thing about Americans is that 
you know, we don't, we're not really built, we're not gritty. We're not, I mean, as much as we fetishize that stuff, the reason we do that is because we know we're all soft pudding boys and girls. We know that, I mean, we know, we, we, we buy trucks to drive around with and we never take them even off of a fucking highway. We never take them anywhere other than to Starbucks. I mean, we do that for a reason. We do that to, to justify it. We, these guys stack up these fucking hockey pads and, and, uh, and guns so that they can act and feel like they're tough, but no, but they aren't. And the and what that what what toughness is, essentially, is a willingness to sacrifice yourself, a, a lack of concern at the end of the day for your physical well-being, your physical harm, and 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 your your material surroundings. And that does not exist anywhere. Uh, that's and the thing that builds that sense is le- le- having less to lose. But hopefully, um, another thing that can make you believe that uh, is having more to gain. Not for yourself, though. Uh, and I think that's a thing that has hamstrung politics in this country as it, the, the world has become desacralized and as we have become more and more consciously and unconsciously devoted to, to uh, pleasure as an end to itself. Uh, is that you're probably not going to live to see anything good in this world. None of us, no one listening to this, no one watching this, no matter what happens out there with this protest, is likely to see anything like a significant revolutionary change in their lifetime. But that doesn't mean you don't try because the people who come after you matter just as much as you do. The people... And, and that is something that has to be rediscovered. And so the, the feeling like you don't have anything to lose might get you out in the street. But I think what's going to get you, keep you in the street is the dawning realization that there is something to gain. But if you focus on it for in the here and now, and that's what it seems to me so many people who like say, this isn't going to change anything. Look at this. The corporations are saying they like it. That is based on an assumption that whatever you choose to do, you have to believe not only is it going to be successful in the short term, it is going to bring about some sort of significant revolutionary change for you. And if that's the standard, nothing will meet it. Nothing will meet that standard. Because that's not how it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you're there and holy shit, the best deal falls. But you can't assume that anything you do will lead to that. It's like those guys who spent an entire lifetime building a cathedral. But by the time they're dead, all, all that's up is like one flying buttress. They still did it. It's, it's the medieval cathedral. And you got to think of it that way. We all have to think of ourselves as coming together to build something that's not going to be, that we're not going to be able to live in. That we're a build, uh, like Moses wasn't able to go to the promised land. You're not going to be able to live in the house that you're building. And the thing that happens, and the thing that'll build that is 
detaching yourself from pleasure as an end to itself, which was the greatest and most, I guess, inevitable byproduct of, of, of capital hyperaccumulation is, is that it, it, it disenchants the world and replaces enchantment with, with stuff. And if all we have is stuff, then the only thing that matters is stuff. And I'm not talking about you have to live in a fucking, you know, in a shed and lie on a, let, on a bed of rusty nails like Chernyshevsky's uh, What Is To Be Done protagonist. Just saying that you cannot operate politically from the assumption that you will live to see the promised land. And a lot of people, if they... The, the weighing action in the sense of control over their lives versus the danger of doing that... That's the deciding factor is, oh, well, it's not going to, it's probably not going to work anyway. I know that's in the, my past. I know that that's the thing that has kept me indoors. It's probably not going to live work anyway. But nothing is probably going to work until all of a sudden, oh shit, it is. And it just, the thing that makes a difference is people keeping pushing, people not going home, people, people making a leap of faith. Like, so as again, as has been on here before, my advice is log on to the degree that it helps you know how to log off. And what to do when you log off. But I just... I found myself this weekend just getting... Staring into the goddamn Palantir and just... And uh, and feeling like the, the fucking mercury poisoning entering my bloodstream. The paralysis set in. The analysis paralysis of, wait a minute... What is going on? Who's law, who's doing the looting? What's going? Who's who wants this to happen? Who are the provocateurs? Uh, and if if you get stuck at that level, uh, then we all know what's going to happen. But the thing that's going to prevent that is it's a lot easier to make that leap when there's less to comfort you when there's less material stuff to to indulge to imagine and the fact that everybody's been indoors for three months and so much of their their life that used to give them pleasure and diversion is no longer there that's a powerful thing but yeah Cops are loading up bricks. The cops are smashing things. The cops are allowing looting to happen because they want a blank check. And of course, no matter how much they hem and haw, every fucking scumbag on TV is going to give it to them when a time comes. Uh, MSNBC will give it to them. CNN will give it to them. Uh, all these Democratic governors and mayors who are aghast at Trump are going to carry it out. Uh, and the only thing that's going to stop them is us.
So, as scary as it seems, and I am ungenuinely scared of what's coming with the fucking cop, with the military mobilization, uh, fucking drones, and uh, and I mean, I would not be surprised if there was. It's not a concerted effort to start uh, rounding up ringleaders, especially now with Antifa being called a terrorist organization. But if we lay down for it, then we're going to lay down for everything that comes after it. I mean, yeah, so there will be, there, there's probably going to be some sort of martial law. Honestly, the fact that today is a primary day is very funny to me. <laughs> and the fact, the idea of, of any of this uh, being uh, resolved through elections is very funny. So much so that I'm becoming more and more convinced that we might not even have, have elections in November. And I do like the fact that you're already seeing demands come out of this, uh, which speaks to the 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 effect, uh, the 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 community building effect of this kind of thing. Because you know, uh, uh, last Thursday it was it was uh, smashy smashy, but we're already seeing significant uh, formation around the idea of reducing police. Uh, police force size and budgets, which is hugely, which would be huge because the reason they do that shit is not for fun or aesthetics. And it's not even really because the cops have uh, politicians over a barrel. It's because that is how you keep these fucking property values so high. It's, it's how you maintain order in, in these cities that have been slowly and steadily stripped of all non uh, police social net, uh, networks and social functions. Uh, and, and safety net. So saying way fewer cops and hey, how about this? Way fewer guns on cops. That is a genuine challenge because to accommodate that, you would have to put a shit ton more money into a, making cities function as social spaces that doesn't involve coercion and incarceration, that doesn't put the problem in jail and provide uh, revenue streams for private prisons and shit. And that is not 
in the cards. As uh, that's not on the on the long term plans for any of these people. But it is hard to imagine this happening in any other context than a three-month quarantine. Uh, and, I mean, I talked on here on the other streams about the slow, steady, dawning realization that all of this quarantining wasn't for anything. But a lot of people, especially in cities, especially good liberal people in cities who believe in science and have this sense of a public good, uh, that involves not getting old people sick with a potential virus. They stayed home even though nothing was being done to make that quarantine mean anything. This gave people the excuse that they needed to go outside. This, is, this was a thing that superseded the virtue inherent in staying indoors. This was finally a way to get outside without feeling guilty about it. And that you can look at that cynically or you can say... Now they're in the streets. And now they can make a new choice. What's the, what's the moral thing now? What, what is the community-minded thing now? That the cops are out there cracking skulls and shooting people uh, with beanbags and tear gas. But yeah, uh, I mean, if you want to keep on that 1905 shit, uh, I guess Biden would be like the Stalipin. Like the, 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 mod the moderate PM who comes in and oversees, you know, a bunch of uh, executions and imprisonments, but, but also acknowledges, you know, the importance of uh, transition to democratic institutions and all that stuff. Uh, I will be uh, going out to a protest as soon as this, uh, I was out last night, I, I've been out, I, I'm not going to talk about what I'm doing for a number of reasons. I'm in New York City for one of them, and these cops are legitimately psychopaths, um, and I'm not going to be posting about it, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be validating anyone else's opinion of me by, by, uh, by trying to prove that I'm a good person, uh, but I will be going to a protest after this. But beyond that, I'm not going to be broadcasting anything. So if you want to audit my, uh, my behavior for virtue, that's up to you. I'm not going to provide you, I'm not going to play along with that. I'm probably, I will, I will level with people and that I'm probably not going to uh, pick too many fights with cops because I am disabled as it were, but we'll see what happens.
I will say, though, that uh, Joe Biden telling the cops to shoot people in the leg is perfect liberalism uh, and more proof that we have reached the, the end point of both political parties. Trump and Biden represent the terminal, the terminal decrepitude of the two major parties. Uh, and they're, they're, in their own ways, their own different ways uh, that are determined by their different social bases, they are revealing their utter impotence in the face of, uh, of processes that are completely beyond the control of any political um, faction or, or even the political class at this point. I think police unions, the deal with police unions is I think you limit what they can, like, organize around. You know, uh, like a, the, the two big things that police unions love to organize around are preventing oversight and resisting um, residency requirements. Two things that make it much easier to have a police force of suburban maniacs who kill with impunity. The union shouldn't be able to do something like that. Oh, someone points out there's actually one more perfectly emblematic liberal uh, response to this, even more perfect than Biden saying shoot people in the leg. And that is the fact that former President Barack Obama wrote a medium post. The format of people apologizing for getting me too'd uh, has now been used by Barack Obama uh, to tell people to chill out. Amazing. Impotence. Reveling in impotence. I mean, Bob, oh, Trump. Trump is impotent. Look at it. They had, they had to shoot up. They had to fire a bunch of paintball at some fucking Anglican uh, clergy members so that they could have them wave the Bible in front of a fucking church. Uh, and the as David Roth point out, that leaked audio of him talking to the governors. He sounded like a pissed off guy calling into Mike Francesca's show about the Giants' offensive line. He's just a spectator. Like that's why fixating on Trump, as always, is a chimera and a fail is a failure of analysis, because he is as much uh, uh, in the sea as the rest of these people. Like their response to Corona was determined by the nature of the American economy; it was not determined by any ideology. And the response to this, as you see, unified police, uh, unified forces, democratic. Governors, Repu Republican governors, Democratic gov mayors almost all across, determined by the need to reassert power uh, and authority in these cities. Uh, none of that is determined at the political level. Uh. 
But if you're sitting on, if you're sitting sidelines for this, and you're waiting for something better, I guess I think that's what people are saying. You know, like a lot of the people who uh, were poo pooed the, the the Sanders campaign and are now in the streets, uh, they were waiting for something better. And a lot of the people who who like Bernie and now are skeptical of 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 the protests, they're also waiting for something better. And in both cases, the answer is this is what we have. This is what's happening. This is the movement. This is where things are fluid. This is where opposition is and and organization is being mounted. And so, if you want things to change, if you want to assert any control over the world, then you must do it through what is in front of you. If you wait for the perfect, perfectly class-based political movement to appear, it's that's never that will never happen. And all you will have to keep yourself comfortable as things get worse and worse and worse is your own sense that you're smarter than everybody else. And that's cold fucking comfort, let me tell you. But the thing that's really most striking is the absolute collapse in institutional legitimacy. We've talked about that, and we've talked about how Biden, uh, Trump is a symptom of it and all that, but this is the most stunning example of it. Is the fact that the, the playbook of everyone getting horrified at, uh, at some looting and then deciding to condemn it uh, didn't happen this time. Because more and more people have lost all investment in any of these institutions, political or otherwise. And that's the first and most necessary step for anything to get better. Because if, if you are invested in these institutions, they will, at the end of the day, uh, determine your behavior. Now, the scary thing is, is that the only institution in American life that has not lost all of its uh, uh, legitimacy is the military. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And that is why... The other person you got to look out for, if we're talking uh, early 20th century Russia comparisons, of course, this is all facile and meaningless. We're, this is a completely different situation. But if you want to have fun with it, if you're looking for who's Trotsky, you're looking for who's Lenin emerging out of this 1905 moment, uh, and you know, and, and moving into the future, you got to wonder who's uh, who's Kornilov, who, who's Denikin, who's Kolchak, because. The military is the only institution with any kind of bipartisan uh, legitimacy in this country. Because so many people's family members are part of it, and because it has been able to maintain a non-political stance relative to the political process. Uh, and almost no other institution has been able to do that. Everything else has been politicized. And of course, obviously, the military is political, but it is not perceived by enough very many people relative to other institutions as political. And that is why if things get worse and if this becomes a prolonged struggle, uh, and that prolonged struggle is happening in the context of a prolonged economic crisis. Oh, and by the way, a continued pandemic that will continue to kill people at, at now probably much higher rates. The military might be the only thing uh, 
that can unify people, or at least enough people to reestablish even a baseline legitimacy for order. And that's a scary thought. Uh, every thought is scary right now. But none of that obviates anyone's moral, strategic imperative to grab with both hands the world in front of them and try to shape it for the better. I hope everybody stays safe. I hope everybody finds something that they can do that can make them feel like they're contributing. And I hope that fear over time will turn into something else. Maybe, maybe hope. We'll see. Alright guys, uh, I'm going to be going. See you on the flippy flop. I think I'll be doing more of these in the future. Huh. I think uh, we might be going back to daily, daily streams, but we'll see. Maybe not. No promises. Bye-bye.